Michael. Hello. Hello. <laughs> What's going on? Good morning. How 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 is everything going? We have a little puppy puppy good. a puppy puppy munchkin right next to us. It's super gloomy. It appears to have rained overnight. It's been gloomy for the past overnight. couple of years. Yeah, it's wet outside, which is not good for our puppy. He hates water. It's all a forms of water. Win Winston Sunday. A sleepy Winnie. Sunday Winnie. Yeah, a gloomy day Winston. I'm. One oh yeah, Jeff got my booster last night. Got his booster. So mm -hmm. you know, I'm feeling okay. I'm like a little. Uh, it could be partially that that's so gloomy outside, but I'm like a little like. <laughs> A little achy. My arm is okay. I'm impressed that you're not. I mean, my second shot in my booster took me out completely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't remember you having much symptoms last time. Not on the second one. Yeah. Just my arm hurt like, yeah. for a day. And mm -hmm. you were just like up. Hello, Steph. Oh, thank you for the bits. <laughs> what are bits? No, just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, we played this fun board game that we got which oh, was man. just a random okay, so MTV board game. We went to the mall which was a little stressful for me, but mm -hmm. I mean, we got through it and we went mm -hmm. went through well, we couldn't we've only been to this mall like what two or three times. Just a couple times. Because yeah. we I mean everything shut down. Mm -hmm. We haven't lived here for very long outside of being in no. COVID. So we went to the mall and we were looking for GameStop because we usually, you know, stop by. Well, we were also because it's next topic. to the hot, to hot Topic. And we went through a different entrance than we did before through the JCPenney's. And we, I didn't even know it wrapped around the other way. Like it was just like we were walking. Well, I've the never actually seen direction. a mall in this style because most of the mall, in fact, all of the well, other malls that I've been into, the big department stores are like they're dead ends. Yeah. Like their exits to the outside. No, this is like a like, through. Like yes, you can go it's through really the weird. JCPenney's to another. Well, because it's it's basically like a bunch of shops. It's like on this road, this like busy road. And there's all these shops. So there are, I don't know, probably seven or eight different entrances. But you all come from like the side of the street. So it's confusing. So we basically like walked the opposite direction of where, like where we entered. If we went the yeah. other way. The hot topic would have been right there. So we got we, good exercise. We, yeah, we I walked, walked up mall. a bunch of port keys. There were mm -hmm. some adversaries. I'm an aura now in Wizards Unite. Uh, but yeah, so that's what we did yesterday. And we found this game that's like this MTV. It's like a music. Um, it's like it's not charades. It's kind of like that though, where you have teams and you're um, you have clues that you give them, and uh, they try to guess. There the are three artist. categories. Mm -hmm. So like. For the main part of the game, so it'd be like you have to get them to guess the artist in one word. Yeah, you have to get the get them to guess the artist just by speaking lyrics. Yeah, I was bad at speaking the lyrics. I kept wanting to sing song it. <laughs> and you have to get them to guess it by humming, humming. or whistling. And oh, you have man. to they have to do all three. I can't in whistle, so I have seconds. to hum. And humming is hard. I try to do Britney. <laughs> I don't know. You're not gonna get DCMA because it's impossible to tell what that is. <laughs> Whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah. yeah. No, it was fun. It, it was, was a lot of fun. It was I mean, you're not it's not a two person game, but we were just having fun yeah. with it. Oh, and then there was another round where uh you flipped a card over and you go back and forth and it's like a word and you had to like identify like how that word was in a different song. So mm -hmm. it I just don't know. kept going back and forth. Yeah. So it was yeah. it was fun. So like we had heart. 
Heart. Heart was so hard. Back and forth. Shot through the heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. We loved that. It stuff, was super so. fun. And we yeah. just like found it. Out. It was like all, it was like this little off on its own little game, just kind of sitting yeah. there. Didn't, it was, didn't match the style of anything else in there. Like, but, I just thought oh, the giant MTV like in bright colors. Yeah. What the heck? It'd like, be okay. fun to play the actual one. If yeah. We had yeah. If we had more people. More people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we played demoed last night. We played a bunch of, games nominated for the game awards which yeah, I, I said to jeff jeff after the stream i was like this was such an excellent idea because all the games were amazing yeah they because they're all really, nominated really for fun. awards uh yeah so that was a lot of fun 12 minutes i mean that was a trip i'm gonna play that later today are you yeah <laughs> uh mario was uh, messaging me no i know he I know. was like oh you should go into it was the so closet intense. and i was like okay it was such an intense one <laughs> well that was funny like that one because that was right before i i stepped away but it was like Something 12 happened. minutes oh, is a time heard... loop game where you're playing the same 12 minutes over and over, but you can make different choices when you reset and you're trying to figure out. There's yes. a lot of we heard mystery. Willem Dafoe talking Willem. in the hall Dafoe. to our wife. So we were alone in the thing, and I'm like, oh, go in the closet. And you got in there in the split second. I know. It was I thought perfect. for sure that he's like the me. door was opening, and it was just like. <laughs> Uh, Daisy but then Ridley your wife was totally alive. Gave you away so hard. Yeah, she's like, "Help me, come help me!" And it was like, "Come on, man!" Yeah, I, I don't. I so already told I you had about an the idea time last night. Yeah, so James McAvoy is the is you, and Daisy Ridley is your wife, and mm. they voice act the whole thing. Yeah, it was great. Really enjoyable. <laughs> All of them were good. I, I'm yeah. looking forward to the podcast already. Uh huh. All right, well. Speaking of podcasts. Podcasts. This is what we're doing here. Juan's ready. Juan's ready. About a cadaver. Uh, turn to page 228, Bobaton and Durmstrang. Oh, so I looked this up. I've been saying Bobaton wrong. It's Bobaton. You are correct. You told Bobatin. me when we first started talking Harry Potter, um, I remember we had this discussion and you were like, it's Bobaton. And I was like, no, it's not. It's French. It's supposed to sound prettier like Bobaton. It's, so it's Bobaton. Okay. My bad. Maybe that's the English pronunciation. Yeah. yeah. Today's lesson is called Arrivals. Mm -hmm. The chapter begins with our trio being imperious by Professor Moody. Okay. Mm. Harry's experience is unique in that he struggles against the command, and Moody uses him as an example of how to defend against it. Their other coursework is immense, with each professor, even Hagrid, seeming to give them mountains of tasks. Fred and George are acting strangely still. Sirius insists on coming returning to Hogwarts, and Hermione is pestering Gryffindors to join SPEW. <laughs> Spew. The excitement for the Triwizard Tournament mounts with the impending arrival of students from the competing schools. Each arrive in unique ways, with Bobaton and their Hagrid-sized headmistress arriving by flying carriage, and Durmstrang and their cold and calculating headmaster arriving by underwater ship with their student. Victor Crow. Mm-hmm. So Who has a head cold? yeah, he does have I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, let's start with the Imperio, I guess. <laughs> yes, let's. Yes, let's. Oh my yes. gosh. We just I did not recall that the because we talked about this last week. I didn't realize that this scene would be like right away. Oh, yeah. With Harry resisting. Yeah. But it was like right away. Y yes. Flip the page and there it is. Yeah. Yes. I don't even remember. I've only read Goblet of Fire one time, yes. like all the way th 
through. So I don't even remember this at all because my mind of this story is so much of the movie. So right, I, right. Uh, yeah, we were talking about the unforgivable curses last week. And yeah, so Moody's, just, I just wrote yikes. That's all I wrote. You know, I had life. a thought here too, which was that all of this, because we know the mystery of uh-huh. this book, all of this could be, you could argue that this is all done in order for him to test whether Harry will be susceptible to the imperious curse. Hmm. Like, is this a good idea to mm-hmm. imperious him? Yeah, it's also like he basically blames it on Dumbledore. He's like, oh, Dumbledore wants yes, this. Yes, he tests. And my first thought yeah. was, although I don't know, do the is students ever talk to Dumbledore at all? I'm just like, Someone go confront him or tell your parents or, I mean, did he do this on Draco? Like, Draco, go tell your daddy and so he can, like, yell at Dumbledore or something. Like, this has to be stopped somehow or uh, not necessarily stopped, but interrogated, brought Mm -hmm. to light in Mm -hmm. some way. Like, this doesn't seem Mm -hmm. good. The thing that was shocking to me after, though, was that we had another scene in a classroom where it was Hagrid Mm -hmm. with Care of Magical Creatures and... Uh, he threat Hagrid threatened Draco. Got him to transfigure him. Got him into look. Absolutely, I know. I I know it would be a, a joy because it's Draco. But Hagrid, not that he would do it, right? Would he do it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, he would not I, do it. He doesn't thing, have a wand. The thing I kept, he does have a wand. Yeah, <laughs> he's not supposed to have a wand. But the thing that uh, caught me was that. That's not something Haggard would have ever thought of or threatened or said if it weren't for fake Moody. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and how how quickly things can spiral out of control just by the existence of something that mm-hmm. is semi-tolerated. It's not like he got reprimanded or anything. He just got yelled at by McGonagall a little bit. Nothing Who happened. Who is this peer? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. Moody's presence is interesting because it's causing all these different Potentially, it's it's contributing to people acting a bit different. I mean, Neville with the with the confidence, Hagrid here, Neville. maybe just in general, the sort of darkness over the Hello, school. Darkness. It's not entirely clear because I know, like before last chapter, we have like Fred and George and Lee talking about like, oh, he's really been there, like, mm-hmm. la la. It's not clear. Is it? Did they also go over the unforgivable yeah, curses? I feel like no. I mean, but this maybe in a, like, maybe in a different way. But that would be a clue then. That would be an obvious clue if they Moody don't, they only don't even did tell this him, though. They don't tell them like what actually happened, so it's not no, like no, they no. would know. But it feels like it would eventually get out, right? If they if he only imperious this class, and it's like, oh yeah, we got imperious today, and it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, so he must do it with like I don't know every fourth year and above, or I don't know who even knows. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I wonder what. Professor Moody, not Moody. It's Newt classes like this year. Oh, yeah. For like seventh years. <laughs> sixth oh, and man. seventh years. Uh, speaking of the movie, one of my favorite scenes is uh, McGonagall. When, so like Harry and Ron have a free period and she like sees them in the hallway and she's just like, oh, well, you should whatever, whatever the take, the rankings were. And then, yeah, she's you. like, take Weasley with you. He looks far too happy over That's there. <laughs> six. Yeah. With Slughorn. It's yeah. just Oh, it's with Slughorn. Oh, darn. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's before the book. It's still funny to me, though. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's a great, great scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. dear. Oh yeah. In the fourth book, there. I mean, the the fourth movie. They're still like baby ish. Like they're they're still. Mm-hmm. What do you think two. helps Harry defend against the Imperius curse? I think it's Voldemort. Ooh. So, well, oh, the only man. reason that I thought I was that, thinking it was Lily, but I oh, like your theory much the, more. The only reason I thought that was because, well, I don't even know. We only see this from, we don't see the inside of Harry, I mean, uh, Hermione or Ron's <laughs> mind. But the thing that I was like, the, the voice thing, it just sounded like a different tone. I don't know. It, maybe it was just the way I was reading it, where it was just like, "Why would you jump? That's so do silly," it. or whatever. Yeah, it just seemed very thing to do. like out of like a third person in there. That's what oh, it felt man, like. Man, I like that very much. And like, of course, Voldemort would be able to resist an Imperious curse, right? He's like, I would assume so. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone has someone tried. been an Imperious Voldemort, the darkest wizard, one of yeah, the darkest just wizards. Bop him. <laughs> Oh, I like that. I don't know. That's no, just I what like crossed my mind. I did, uh, yeah, I did think about that uh, as we were in his head and having that, you know, back and forth tension thing. Yeah, I was thinking like what it reflected. Did it reflect something about Harry specifically? It's yeah. funny because you said Lily, so yours was kind of more of a protective, like. But I wasn't satisfied with the answer. Uh, yeah. Okay. So because I was gonna say like, is it just like a coincidence? And Harry actually is good at this type of like self awareness or something like that, but. I thought it was Voldy. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to go with that now. That's my canon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then we still have Hermione going on. And on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Fred and George you know, doing their thing. Yeah. Yes. So they're still like hush, 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 hush whispers about so-and-so not getting back to them. Mm-hmm. So now we, I mean, we kind of probably figured it was a person because I mm-hmm. think what they said last time suggested there was a, another person that they were both talking about yep but this uh they whispered a little bit more have we talked about how harry is just also dismissive of hermione's efforts i mean only a little because i mean i'm thinking also back to dobby like we've talked about how harry treated dobby and it was just kind of like oh like it was just kind of like the reaction from dobby was so extreme and it, it was kind of you know, strange to Harry of like, oh, you know, of course. Yeah, and this might be one of those. Ca- well, like that. No, I was gonna say it might be one of those cases where it's on the messenger a little bit for Harry, where it's like, oh, do does he truly believe that Hermione is giving like an accurate account of mm. what this is actually what actually happens here? Mm-hmm. I doesn't feel like at the very least he's not imagining Dobby's conditions happening here at Hogwarts. Yeah. But he should because not every headmaster and headmistress is the same. I mean, he he should, you know, like that's part of the story too. Harry's whole life is being oblivious to a bunch of things though. So I guess I could, like, the re or the the contrast between someone like Hermione, who like is, she is obsessed at this point where she's just like, I'm going to talk about uh hogwarts of history which is i'm gonna say that it's basically propaganda it's like harry (laughs) might also be in that mood of like he's young ish and he's like what is this doesn't matter even if he's agrees with it he's like i'm not gonna put any time into this because nothing's going to come of it well i think that's how a lot of i mean there is a description of there are some students who were on board but like they did also didn't want to be 
actively part of whatever Hermione was doing. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Hermione's being a bit aggressive about it in the way yeah. that she's talking about it. Yeah. I also think that there is something interesting in what George said. I think it's George because I think Fred went to his bacon. One of them went to their bacon and then the other said something back to Hermione about, we've been in the kitchens, we've seen this, and they're happy, which could be true. And then what Hermione says of like, oh, they're uneducated and like brainwashed could also be true. But it's also, it's really tricky. We've talked about this with like allyship a little bit. Mm. It's tricky because it's kind of like, all right, well- it would be totally different if the house elves were like, oh, we don't find these conditions fair. You in know? <laughs> order to do this type of, in my opinion, in order to do that work that Hermione is doing, you have to have a fairly objective sense of morality, meaning like that the morality isn't relative. So you wouldn't say, oh, because they're happy, mm -hmm. therefore it's acceptable. There would have to be some deeper sense of like, being happy about something that is bad isn't good and isn't a good enough reason to keep this bad situation going. Yeah. So it's really interesting, but we do know that it then it, then you're talking about moral impositions often mm -hmm. because the house elves may not feel this way, and in fact, we'll find out in the next couple of books with Dobby that there he is kind of seen even in the house elf community as very strange. Yeah. So their morality may have some mm -hmm. different sense, but we would also, I think, say that their their sense potentially of their own situation isn't going to be able to be objective. In fact, nobody's yeah. is. But well, there's not a, a good a like um, similar similar circumstance. Like I was trying to think of like a, an analog, like with because mm -hmm. the things that I kept thinking about or the things that kept coming to my mind were different magical beings have different positionings in this society or in this yeah. world. Because like we we saw last book with the werewolves, like even Hermione, she's not perfect. Like she lashed out at, um, what's his face, Lupin, and mm -hmm. called him a were like in a derogatory sort of sense. Yes, and yes. so like, and then we have these like things. And so we also have this like ideology of like mudbloods and blood purity that Hermione is has an intimate relationship I, with, but there's nothing that is similar enough to have this basically servitude and like mm, you're like Yeah, I suspect that J.K. Right? Rowling was looking at like African slave trade. Yeah. And that there is certainly apologist language around like, oh, well, slaves are happy and protected yeah. and safe and, and this sort of sense of like, the means just the ends justify the means or some weird thing going on there. And mm -hmm. I, I think I suspect that she at least drew some inspiration from the language around that, especially historically. Yeah. I think being that able to defend their own sort of the only the nonsense. examples that kept coming to my mind were like more social hierarchies rather than like um mm. like they are literally they work for people. They don't even have their sense of selfhood. They they belong to a master. Like they don't have like a, a an identifiable self. And so I think that that's why I was having trouble. Is that like I I just kept coming to, um, I don't know other positionings that are not in that way. Like werewolves aren't like enslaved in this world. No, they're you know, just and ostracized. they're ostracized. Yeah, and so this is different. And it's it's kind of very. 
Uh, it's very malicious because the, because you have this layer of saying like, oh, they're happy, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, we get some hype for Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> yeah. Next year, next year. So next year. it's... um. There's a lot in there, and it's 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 a um, it's we're just continuing on the dynamic. And yeah, I mean, Hermione is how old is she right now? Fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, and she's she doesn't really she doesn't. I mean, she might be getting discouraged, but she's still like trucking at it. She's still like, no, I'm gonna like but this is what undeterred. I believe in. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's committed to it, but it is overall a. Uh, a very tricky moral proposition of of imposition because even that exchange of like they're happy is a weird sense of moral relativism because Fred and George aren't assessing the overall situation and wondering could they be happier. They're saying like, well, house elves are happy and therefore or, like don't don't mess with it. Yeah, Hermione, and Hermione is, is, is like it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong and like. But that they don't have, but but she still has that tricky position of arguing that house elves don't know what's good for themselves. Yeah, and I think that to me is more resonant of when we talk about we have talked about allyship or advocate yes. advocates and speaking for people rather than you know it's just like this weird yes. thing where well, it's this like, is an educational conundrum overall, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Of like, well. Educating people are well if they don't know any better. Like, what does that mean? What what exactly does it mean? That could they know something different, and then therefore they would have a different view of the world. And if yeah. so, is that view of the world? Are you sure that it's better? Is a really important question. Okay, so the example that kept coming back to my mind. I don't know if this is going to be because this is not the same. This is where I kind of like once I started going down this train of thought, I was like, no, I can't think of something specific, but of like um you know feminism and then like the idea of like oh i want to wear makeup or i want to be feminine and like express that yeah and then there's this other sort of like oh but like you don't need to conform to like uh norms of like a woman should like present herself in this sort of way and there's, there's like all of this messiness that the comes pressures. in where it's like just mm -hmm. let me live my life which of course the house elves don't have any choice so it's not the same sort of comparison but that's what I was I was trying to find. But it's clear that they have a history of being set free because mm -hmm. there is a magical means by which this can happen. It's not like it's unheard of. It's not like Dobby was the first one to discover that suddenly he was free, right? Yeah. There's a legacy of being able to give them clothes. And probably, though I would debate, I don't know that we know this, but you can imagine that at some point, some people like Hermione may have been in a family that had a house of and they purposefully gave them clothes in order to set them free. Yeah. And so that's part of the story as well. Well, oh, so um, uh, Natura commented on our last video about, um, what was it? It was, uh, oh, it was about uh, Dumbledore. So you mentioned about headmasters and headmistresses are different so it, her comment was about Dumbledore um you know being more perhaps being more protective of house elves and like well we can't really do like a sweeping change and like make it so that it's not 
you know, this in this particular position and make it drastically different. But the least I can do is be protective and kind and whatever. And so I don't know. It's just such a it's a weird uh, a weird thing to try to navigate because what are you supposed to do? I think here's a way of <laughs> you know? sort of putting it again, which is like, first of all, who are Fred and George to say that house elves are happy? Yeah. And if the house elves weren't happy, where would they land on changing the house of situation, right? Is it just their happiness that makes them feel or are they projecting like, well, they must be happy. This is how things are, right? It's it's a very difficult, I mean, it's extremely difficult. For me, it's easy. Yeah, well, it's- But I can understand the relationship, but we're not, we didn't live with it. Yeah, yeah. As wizards or something. But, you know, I think externally, it's like, well, no, I mean, just pay them. Just pay, but we I mean, have our own stances on labor, so it's like you know, just, <laughs> just pay them. Like this Come is on. this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's right, no justifiable right. moral positioning here. Yeah, they're fully sent. They're paid beings. in their happiness. Yeah, <laughs> for working at Hogwarts. Um, as we we're we we're talking, I was I had this very like somewhat dark thought of like, do you think what what do you think? happened to Dobby's parents? Do you think Dobby has any siblings? He would never know. know. How do they He's just reproduce at all? <laughs> little baby house elf. Oh house my gosh. Be like a little baby Yoda. <laughs> and how soon are they enslaved? This is Oh what, gosh, yeah. no. Okay, we're now we're going <laughs> to cut. <laughs> it's easy for me. I mean, it's an easy yeah. moral stance for me. I'm on yeah. Hermione's side 100% of the way. So, I you know, I'm trying to talk through other people's Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so the the whole bow batten thing and the germ string, which I so this is on Wizarding World. This is writing mm. from J.K. Rowling, mm. so this is why it's official. It says like bow batten, like that's literally what it says in the brackets right there. Mm. Did you know that it's not just a girl school? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so again, my my understanding of the Wizarding the World movie. with these yes is the movie. Mm-hmm. So apparently, the Flamels went there. Actually, no, I think I I knew this because when we looked up Nicholas Flamel, I think that's when we in book one when we hmm. first had conversations. I think that's when I first learned this, but I did not commit it to my memory Interesting. at all. Okay, so, so he they went met there? there. Yeah, um, him and his wife they met. Hmm. At Bo Battens in their youth. I wonder if we'll see them in Hogwarts Legacy. Ooh, I hope so. Like anytime I get to see something that's like, because it's it's Familiar. like a, it's like a thread, right? So you get to see it at a different point. It breathes life and into the world. It's like, well, this isn't. Yeah, this person wasn't just made up on this page. They, oh, they yeah. actually have a life, and they have a purpose. They, mm-hmm. or, yeah, they exist and they have a purpose. Um, so apparently, Bo Battens and Durmstrang have a larger studentship than Hogwarts. Mm. It didn't say how much more, but they they do have more. They uh, have mm. a and this is a quote preponderance, which I've only heard in the context of like legal terms, but a preponderance <laughs> of French Evidence. students. Yeah. <laughs> Through uh, uh those so Spanish, mostly French, Spanish, Portuguese, Dutch, Lunk- oh, Luxembourgians, wow. and Belgians. Wait, is it Borgians or Borgians? I don't know, but that's very interesting. <laughs> okay, I thought it was only French. Very well, nice. it's mostly French, yeah, but yeah, it sure. has others. And yeah, because it was interesting. Because then I was like, the thing that I kept thinking about wasn't there a book that Hermione read that was like with the rankings of the schools or something like that? Or am I making that up? I might be making I don't that know. up. So I kept thinking, I was like, well, what is Hogwarts's like reputation hmm. of like, are they because it's the premier boarding school? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I yeah, because I don't know. It was just interesting to me because I'm I mean, I've never actually 
Have I been to Europe? Uh, Greece. Yes. Greece. I've been to Greece. I've been into we've we'd had a layover in the Paris airport. Like I have I don't have much experience with yeah, yeah, yeah. European countries. And like mm-hmm. I know that they're in terms of proximity, they're closer together. So it's probably they're not like as state, jarring. They're like states in the US, especially yeah. like the But East closer Coast, together. East yeah. Coast, Midwest, like distances, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the West Coast here. <laughs> no, where everything very, very is, big. it takes hours and yeah. days. <laughs> Texas to California is like 24 hours. It's insanity. <laughs> so Durmstrang, which is spelled D-O-R-O-R-M in the like pronunciation. Oh, okay. Dorm, okay. Durmstrang. 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 <laughs> um, it once had the darkest reputation of all 11 wizarding schools. And part of it, Grindelwald went there. Yeah, so this is what. Of course, Voldemort went to Hogwarts. Exactly, that is exactly what I wrote down in my notes. Is I think it's interesting. I wonder if because we found this out with the whole Tom Riddle thing. Nobody knows who Tom Riddle is or knows it's not um, broadcasted that Tom Riddle is Lord Voldemort. Yes. Right. Right. So I wonder if I mean, Dumbledore knows though. Yes. So, like, I wonder if taking a pay or like learning from or seeing what happened to Durmstrang with Grindelwald, because it it took a very long time for them to escape that, you know, legacy, Mm. (laughs) if you will. Um, On the brain now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm just going to keep talking about Hogwarts legacy. So, Hogwarts legacy is. Uh, not necessarily tainted with Tom Riddle because that is not broadcasted as like Herpo the Fowl. You know, Grindelwald just needed to like make up a new name and not tell anyone who he was. Make make a couple Horcruxes and <laughs> Grindelwald. <laughs> Grindelwald. <laughs> uh, but so I that was a thought that crossed my mind. I was just like, okay, well, how come they get the bad reputation when you know you also have this big baddie? Um, but we also have uh, Karkaroff. Mm-hmm. Who is a former Death Eater? Yes, and uh, this writing from J.K. Rowling, she wrote Karkaroff. It was an unprincipled and egotistical man who encouraged a culture of fear and intimidation among the students, and many parents withdrew their children from Durmstrang while he was yes, in charge. Yes, I actually love his introduction <laughs> and the the swift way in which we get a sense of who he is mm. when she says that. The smile doesn't extend to the eyes, which are cold and calculating. That that actually that sentence has I've thought about that many, many times when trying to like mm. write a character. That how do you communicate like something central about a character in you know Without brief saying terms? It. Yeah. <laughs> directly. Yeah, I'm just saying like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh in How I Met Your Mother, it's it is captain, actually fairly or- direct. Because you learn, I think what's impressive about the sentence is that you learn a couple of different things about him in a in a sort of recognizable way, which is that he's faking. Yeah, he's cold and calculating. Mm-hmm. His voice that like it doesn't match. There's clearly like there's something more. Yeah, to this guy, it's just it's yeah. It's I mean, it's it's still impressive. showing but not telling though yeah. because you have but you have a different sense. Like you're using like visual body language cues rather than. Um, I'm like saying in a thought process, like, oh, well, that's he's not. one of the benefits of telling it from Harry's perspective as mm-hmm. opposed to a third person narrative, which mm-hmm. would just be like, Karkarov was cold and calculated, even though he was smiling. And instead, it's like <laughs> Harry thought that the smile didn't extend to the eyes, which were cold and calculating. So it's, yeah, it's body language instead of just 
statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Victor Crumb is notable for the school oh, to to try to turn around this reputation. It's funny because like there was another uh, little uh, piece on Wizarding World that was like, which Wizarding school should you go to? And uh, the and so I read I read like little little tidbits, Ilvermorny, you know, all the different Wizarding schools. And uh, one of the when I got to Durmstrang, it was just like it, it talked a lot about the physical thing. So like if you're if you're not really on academics, that this school might be for you because they focus on the physical aspects of magic. And uh, but it also was like, but there's like a lot of it has a bad reputation. But Victor Crumb went there, so they can't all be bad. Like that's right. literally what it said, and it just made me laugh because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, he is the token child of we're okay, we're not the worst. Yes, he is. You know, yeah. and Ron fanboying all over the place. Yeah, he does freak <laughs> out really hard. Yeah, Harry's just like, okay, we get it. It's Victor Crumb. Like, what more do you want? But they're here now. They are here. So they're at Hogwarts. This is we're about to sort of enter the. I mean, the main Fred and phase. George are still trying to to enter. Yeah, They're I trying to figure out how to enter. That... Yes, yes, yes. Because they asked McGonagall, and she was just like, "Transfigure your monkey," or it wasn't a monkey. Get I back to your it work. Was something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. Wands, Wands ready. ready.